Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox's Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox's Sake. My name is Pete Selby and alongside me is Mr Rob Hayes and we are live from For Fox's Sake HQ. Yeah, and you're back from rehab in Portugal. We got got likened to Anton Deck in a phone call recently. It wasn't rehab. And... uh, it was actually the, uh, anything but the, the gaffer decided that one of us had to be ant because we were saying nice things about each other, and I decided that because you'd been in Portugal on the on the sesh, on the sesh, on the lash, on the lash, then uh, we'd code name that rehab. How it, was it? It was a um, anti rehab, a very peaceful golfing weekend. Oh sure, um, which was enjoyed by all. Um, one or two. Um, beverages and uh, yeah that was it good welcome back not a lot's happened no um i mean i watched the game against chelsea in the airport on the ipad um i watched it there i bet you were warmer than me and you weren't even on holiday yet yeah that's 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 true no i was on the way back oh on the way back but um there was a there was a chap in the airport wearing a leicester shirt um old guy and he was obviously looking at his phone or, or his wife's phone actually and I was trying to make eye contact with him to say, just come over here and watch the game because I'm sat with a load of people who really don't care, including one Chelsea fan who couldn't really care less until and, and, until they won. But um, Was that Spurs fan who made a cameo uh, on our podcast last time? Was he knocking about? Oh, yeah, he came up with the odd thing. Oh, yeah, did you lose? And all that. Um, but um, anyway, so I was trying to make eye contact with this um, this Leicester fan. And... Uh, and, and, and it just wouldn't bother. But the best thing was, he obviously didn't know how to use the, the phone to get some kind of stream or to follow it on whatever. And he was becoming more and more frustrated. And as we got into extra time, he, he was he was in a bit of a mess. And I'd gone from being like, come over here or trying to get him to sit near me and watch the game to like, no, I can't let him know that I'm watching the game, <laughs> even though everyone's crowding around. It's been around. too long. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was a bit of a mess. But um, but no, back, it was good, good weekend and everything. Obviously, the result was a bit uh, bit dicey in that. But we're in a strange period because, obviously, it's um, International Week. And, yes, there's the likes of Vardy and Maguire involved and there's other people going elsewhere. But it's it's a bit of a just before the big event, just before the World Cup, so it doesn't really matter. So we're in that kind of limbo where we've got, obviously, the Chelsea game to, to discuss. We've got how the team's playing, which is kind of... Roughly the same how it has been, um, and we'll touch on the game against West Brom as well. So, and then looking forward to the game against Brighton. So that's really the the lineup, mm. really. Um, so Chelsea, I will say this: at no point throughout that game, I, first of all, I thought Leicester played well. They played very well. Okay, um, there's no doubt about it. People say uh, people can be disappointed that they didn't beat Chelsea. They can be maybe disappointed it wasn't quite as Harry Carey as it maybe would have been before. But um, you can't deny that Leicester didn't didn't play well. They they did. Um, you can't deny that. But at no point throughout the entire game did I think Leicester were going to win. 
<laughs> not, uh, uh, not you, even. You never, you never believed across I, the entire 120 minutes. I thought that they might have a chance towards the end of extra time. If you get a goal, you're pretty much going to win. Or they would have a slight chance on penalties, even though you wouldn't really fancy them in a penalty shootout against Chelsea. No, because um, e- even though they only missed that one penalty, um, well, no, the two penalties against Man City, mm. but y- you still. It would be, it, they wouldn't have been the favourites massively. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a strange feeling because I kind of said before the last, or during the last podcast, we might get knocked out in the latter stages, penalties obviously, of the quarterfinals of the League Cup. We'll get knocked out in the latter stages of the quarterfinals, extra time at home to Chelsea of the FA Cup and possibly finish eighth. It might happen. It might happen. It would be a bit of a damp squib of a season, wouldn't it? Well, that was that was the, the thing, weren't it? I said it it could be a what-if season. Obviously, now they can concentrate on finishing seventh, but it was a strange old game. What, the Chelsea game? Yeah. Mm. I mean, they, they like I said, they played well and they held Chelsea, a Chelsea side who we know got beat by Barcelona and had, you know, travelling back and all that, and Leicester have been in Spain um, and they've been obviously preparing just for this one game. It just, it just didn't quite spark into life. But again, we're disappointed about losing to Chelsea in the FA Cup. Yeah, which is a good thing, because people put them there as, as beatable. They're not the the force that they were last season, but it's still Chelsea. Yeah, still a good side, and it was still a a quality side that they put out in terms of the names, the formation that worked so well for them winning the the league title last season. Uh, we went full strength, which obviously you'd expect us to do. I don't think there was any um, problems with the the starting lineup. Uh, no. Ebora, who played well against West Brom, was in there. Yeah, deserved to come in. Ian Acho got a start. He got a start, uh, and he got some stick for not chasing a loose ball down the channel uh, once or twice. Leicester fans really got on his back because he's not. He he's got similar attributes to Vardy in the fact that he's quick and could be powerful if he bothered to put his mind to it. But there was a ball that he was probably about a yard away from catching. And if he had carried on running full pelt, he might have got there with the touch ahead of the defender, or at least the defender would be facing his own goal line just to the left of the box and under some pressure. But he'd almost sort of turned around and jogged back into his in, into his position in the middle of the Chelsea half before he even bothered to run after the ball. So some Leicester fans, especially it was near the corner that we commentate from, it would, some Leicester fans really, really give him some stick there because they don't feel like they see enough from him. Well, that's the problem with not just Iniacho, but any player um, who plays for Leicester. I said before, they're quite an old-fashioned set of fans, or we are an old-fashioned set of fans, where hard work will get you halfway. Mm. You know, there's and, and also, there's no excuse for not putting in the shift. It doesn't matter who you're playing for, how much you're earning for. That's your job. You should be giving it your, your full. You're playing football for a living. But... This guy who's obviously come from Man City, you won't get Man City players do that. No. They would they will give up the ghost and get back in position, ready to press hard um, from the get-go. Which, you know, I can see the argument for if you're the centre-forward. But because we're used to seeing the likes of Albrighton, especially Vardy, chasing down everything. it's and, and also that's the way that we've been brought up as fans. It won't wash with Leicester fans, unfortunately. You won't have to do that. And unfortunately, players like Iniacho and anyone else who joins the club, they're going to have to realise that. Yes, you might be coming from a big club or you might be signed for a lot of money in the likes of Slimani. Um, but 
you're going to have to, first of all, work really, really hard. And then second to that, the quality will come through. Yeah. That, that's just how it will always be at Leicester. But just look at Okazaki. He is living proof that you don't have to score a hatful of goals as a striker to be well-loved by the fans. Everybody recognises the impact that he has on games. Sees him, He runs himself into the ground whenever he's on the pitch. He's always fighting for every single ball. The fans see that. The fans love him for it. I don't know a single fan that would, uh, that would call Shinji Okazaki. They might say, oh, as, a, as an aside, maybe he could net three or four more times in a season to get himself up to double figures or something but they'd never question the reason that he puts a Leicester shirt on whereas Iheanacho some people think he's here to sort of cruise along a little bit when he's got a lot more to prove still he yeah he played well against West Brom but he came off the bench against West Brom um after the Lord Mayor's show obviously it would have been probably better to play Okazaki from the start and then you can always bring on Iheanacho I still think that's his position now still as a an impact substitute. I don't think he has warranted a, a first team place yet for Leicester. But first Premier League goal for Leicester, albeit as a, a late one as a sub against West Brom, who were already 3 1 down. I can see the thinking behind Claude Poe's decision to go, right, here you go. First league goal for us. Go and have a start against Chelsea in the FA Cup quarter final. You've bagged a couple of goals in this competition already, albeit against lower opposition. Get out there and show the fans what you can do. I, I yeah, I, I completely. Like you say, in hindsight, it's fine to think yeah, otherwise. I, I agree with the starting lineup. Um, I don't mind him playing, but I, I'm generally kind of going towards against the big side. So if you're playing against any of the big six, I don't think he's warranted his place. If you're going to play him at home against the Southampton or even away at Brighton on next game, and you want to play any Acho from the start, that's fine. Against one of the, uh, the the lesser teams like a West Brom, not got a problem because again. If he hits the ground running and starts scoring goals, there you go. Got centre forwards will always play well. Look at um, Murray for for uh, Brighton. He's he was he was rumoured linked, obvious nonsense paper talk this that, and the other with being in the England squad because he's scored a lot of goals this season. He's done very well, but it just shows you if you start being a centre forward, it's all about scoring goals. Yeah. Get get a couple, get a run together. You would have, yeah, and 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 then you're on fire, and then it obviously if it goes the other way, then you become a, a, a poor player, a poor centre forward. No one would have thought Murray would have been anywhere near an England squad. I don't think he ever was near it anyway. In the first no, but place. nobody would have thought he'd be anywhere near this number of goals. One playing for Brighton and two being Glenn Murray. Exactly, and and what I'm trying to say is that Iniacho, if he goes and scores, let's say he scores six goals in his next three games for Leicester, then and his performances haven't really changed. People won't mind that because he's scoring the goals. Mm. That that's the thing with a centre forward. Well, that's you can what mass- Mares gets away with as well, isn't it? Mares doesn't get through as much work or as much closing down as he perhaps could or should, but he gets goals, assists, uh, makes things happen all the time. Which, which still irks some people, which is weird for me because I still think he does actually do a fair bit of tracking back and and and, and working for the team. I, I think he's not. He is. He really isn't that person who just stands out wide and, and, and will stand there. There has been occasions when that happened, but then again, this is a player who's played a lot of games for Leicester now. Mm. So it's always going to happen. People can say, oh yeah, well, that game against Everton, he didn't... Well, yeah, obviously there was there'll be one or two, but overall in his career, I still think he's got back. Granted, he might have got back in position and not really put a tackle That's in. That's or... the thing. He gets he gets where he knows he should be. Yeah. He'll stand there. He'll sort of half dangle a challenge at somebody, but he won't press with any real 
any real bite or intensity. No. And he's only really started working hard since Claudio Ranieri had the imaginary bell for him. Well, it, it, it worked, didn't it? In the, of course in the it did. But it, it was disappointing to go out. Um, and One more thing on the game. Yeah. Schmeichel's mistake for Pedro's goal. Yeah. Um, he's, come, he's come on. come for a bit of criticism. And and people on social media afterwards, I saw some people basically saying he's not the goalkeeper that everyone is talking him up to be because we've said regularly on this podcast in terms of consistency of performance, in terms of the um, how key he is to Leicester's squad, he is one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. I now a lot of people, yeah, I I don't I haven't changed my mind on that, but a lot of people are saying, well, yeah, all right, he does this well, this well, and this well, but. Has he got the all-round game again? It's it's an it's an area that we thought he'd started to eradicate balls into the box, and and he's come. Yeah. He's got no need to come whatsoever, and he has got, as most goalkeepers have got, a little bit of a tendency to to get almost too fired up. It happened with Joe Hart when he was making a few mistakes for England. This is the Joe Hart of sort of number one for Man City, number one for England, not not the current Joe Hart, but he he just took himself back and went into games a little bit more relaxed because he was getting himself too fired up. Do you think Schmeichel was getting too carried away with the, the passion of the cup tie and he's just gone running off his line for no real reason? No, I just think he saw the fact that uh, Morgan Maguire were not in position because of the way the game had unravelled in that kind of 30-second spell. But Pedro's never going to beat him with a header from there. No, never. but he, he's come for the ball because the defenders aren't there. He's known to be a goalkeeper who will rely on the likes of Morgan and Huth and Maguire now and other defenders in the past um, to have cleared the lines because of maybe his size and because also of the heading ability of the defenders. I just think he's the ball's been played in. He he's he Before the ball got played in, he knew that he would have to command the area because the centre-halves weren't there. So he was going to come for the ball no matter what. Unfortunately, the ball was good. The header, it was it was further out than maybe he thought it would be. So, I unfortunately sometimes these things happen with goalkeepers, and you can basically be you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If he stood on his line and it went in the far post, people would turn around and say, "Well, hang on, you should maybe have reacted better, or you maybe should have come for it." Was it a mistake? Yes. Is Schmeichel a good goalkeeper? Yes. I think what people don't realize is. A, who else is at the club? Now, Ben Hamer has proved himself to be a competent goalkeeper in some aspects, but nowhere near being a first-team player. And Jakubovic just fell off the face of the earth. If anyone's seen him, then just let us know. And um, if you look at other goalkeepers in the Premier League, Schmeichel is still right up there. His influence on the team is paramount by being the, the vice-captain and also you can see it game in, game out. Does he make mistakes? Of course he makes mistakes. Every goalkeeper does. Schmeichel's game is probably more um, the the ability or the the, the the more the he's got more chance of making mistakes because of his game, but also he's got then more chance of making fantastic saves. The way mm-hmm. he sometimes stays back, and there might be a bullet header from five yards out, and people are saying, "Why did he come for it?" But the fact that he stands back sometimes slightly behind his line gives him that extra opportunity to make a reaction save, a la. David De Gea, he does the same. So, his kicking is a big point for me. His kicking is oh, appalling at the moment, yeah. But, like, with every single player, there is going to be something that they can improve on. You mentioned with Okazaki. His work rate's fantastic, but it's his goal scoring and also sometimes his, his touch as well um, is poor. 
every single player can improve on something, and that includes the goalkeeper. So they yes. get singled out a lot, don't they? As well, they, because they're they a one, they're a one man show, aren't they? But also, and so they should. If they do make a mistake, it's right to point it out. And it was a mistake, and unfortunately, it cost Leicester the game in the end. Um, but I don't think there's any calls really needed for to replace him. There's, there has been some people, but then again, that's just the reaction, you know, of, of fans, especially on social media. So as we mentioned, not an awful lot to talk about. It's international time. Uh, Harry Maguire got on the pitch probably a touch earlier than most fans would have liked or expected uh, following the extra time defeat to Chelsea. He got on in the in the early stages of England's victory over the Netherlands for Joe Gomez. Jimmy Vardy see, came on. I didn't see it. You didn't see the game? No. <laughs> it, was, it was actually one of the better England performances of recent times. They moved the ball pretty well. The formation was um, was interesting. Sterling and Rashford up top as a front two. Uh, Lingard at the uh, Lingard and Oxley Chamberlain either side of Henderson as a midfield three, uh, and some wing backs. Yeah, look, it looked decent. Problem was, England went one nil up, and thought, right, we've drawn our last couple nil nil. We're playing against the Netherlands. We need to start picking up some results here to to match the performances that. Uh, was it? It was Germany and Brazil the last two, wasn't it? So, so nil nil yeah, against nil. those two, not bad at all uh, in the grand scheme of things. But it was it became a very much an international game after that because there was a lot of sideways passing, sort of the tick tock. Henderson was taking about five seconds longer with, on the ball than he was in the first half. First half they played with real intensity, real creativity, and then Vardy comes on for the last twenty two minutes, did not touch the ball once. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing stat, and it's he says awful. that he said he's never, never happened before. But there you go. It just, it just, it shows you that um, for a start, it kind of shows you about his game, really, doesn't it? it? Explains that he will just chase down and run down everything. But for him not to get a touch is remarkable. But does that mean that he? I mean, like I said, I didn't see the game. I, he's, I, he's done nothing wrong no. because if he's not got close enough to a football to touch it. For 22 minutes, what more is he supposed to do? It's not like the ball's been passed to him 10 times and he's just watched it go under his foot and he's not, and he's, and he's missed it. He's not got he's not had a single sniff because England in the first half were getting the ball into Rashford and Sterling saw an awful lot of the ball in the first half. Because they were 1-0 up, they were like, well, we don't need to go into the front line. Just keep it in midfield, knock it across. We've got three centre-backs who are all good on the ball. Tick, top, tick, top. And Fardy was just up top going... What, what can I do? It does mean that Harry Maguire has played three times for England against Brazil, Germany and uh, and Holland and not Three conceded. clean sheets. Um, Four tonight? Uh, possibly. I mean, obviously at the time of recording, they play in Italy later on. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned that they played with two up front because I've always said that Kane and Vardy should play together up front. Mm. I think when you've got two players... That's international quality players as well. Kane's always going to be playing in the side, but I I would play Vardy alongside him. I think they would complement each other. I think Vardy would do all the donkey work in theory. If the game's on the break, if, if Le- uh, Leicester, if uh, England are counter-attacking, you've got Vardy in the side. If it's a bit more patient against one of the lower oppositions, then you've got Kane to make the breakthrough. But I Kane, think- yeah, Kane could drop in. Kane, uh, apart from his goals, he uses the ball extremely well. He's got great vision and great technique with his passing and his crossing. So even if he, at times during certain periods of play, just dropped off a little bit and then released Vardy early, 
I think it's a partnership that could potentially work. It, it really could. You, you can't ignore the qualities of Vardy in international football. You, even if you're a stats fan, if you're a fan of another football club, and you look at Vardy, okay, you know what he's done. You know how how many goals he can score, and when he's playing well, you know what confidence he has. But if you're just a stats fan, he's on course to score 20 league goals mm-hmm. this season for Leicester. He's on 14 now, 15, something like that, and he's scored goals in the in other competitions as well. So he's had a very, very good season. And the thing with Vardy is this season, correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't remember. Um, I don't know how many scored against West Brom. Was it just the one, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, four different he, goal he, scorers against he West scores goals. It, he scores single goals. He very rarely scores three or four. Or I can't remember him really this season scoring twice in a game. Mm. If it's happened, it must have happened once. So he's scoring in... in- Many games. Yeah, so his his fourteen league goals will probably be in in thirteen games. Which, if you're looking over the course of a season, that's. I'm not saying it's better, but it's possibly it's equally more equally impressive. Yeah, you could roll a team over, and Leicester don't do this obviously because of the position that they're in the league. But if you're at Man City and you destroy someone seven nil. And, and you're Aguero, Aguero, and you scored, what, four or five in that game, was it? Well, yeah, against Leicester, yeah, he scores four. It, mm. it really does help. Uh, obviously, they are v- fantastic players. But do you, you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think they should play both of them. Uh, well, I, obviously, I that's not a possibility reason. now, but uh, because Kane's not in the squad at the moment. Oh, no, that, when we're saying you're talking for the World, World Cup, for the World Cup, Cup yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope Vardy gets a start tonight, because it, it, look, if, if people with such little football intelligence as ourselves can sit here and realise that that wasn't Vardy's fault that he didn't get a touch of the ball. He didn't play badly. He didn't do the wrong things. Surely Gareth Southgate will look at it and go, right, we needed to find him in better areas. But also, if he plays from the start and we play with the same level of intensity that we started with against Netherlands, that's when you're going to find Vardy in the right areas. Oh, yeah. Two years yesterday uh, was Jamie Vardy's first international goal. That outrageous back heel against Germany. Another goal that I watched in the airport. <laughs> You're just a jet setter, aren't you? <laughs> that was an airport. Um, but that's that's proof that he's got the finish to add to his heart. He's not just a runner. He's, uh, as his goals obviously prove, but he can, if you find him in the box, he can get goals. I think you don't Southgate's, always just need to release him into the channel. No, I think Southgate's a fan of Vardy and uh, everyone should be. We we know what, it, what a player what a good player he is, and um, I mean, we did the uh, the best ever. T- we'll have to do this again. The best ever side. Um, I know other you know radio stations, for example, this week because it's a bit of a down week. They've been talking about the the greatest manager, which is a uh, you know a good question. And that um, no, we did this on our live. We did it on the live fiftieth um, episode. Yeah, the maybe. Live... Well, we're not going to reach a hundred by the end of the season, probably. No, we? well, eighty six. So we'll be in the nineties, probably, but. Um, so maybe for the hundredth we'll revisit that yeah, and see revis- if anything's changed. Yeah, the best ever, and we could maybe yeah rattle through them. But Vardy was in our sides, obviously, and um, he's done nothing in the following two seasons. Must be two seasons. Must be. No, well, nearly. Yeah, nearly the end of 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 two seasons. At the end of that, he's done nothing to diminish the fact that he's in the best ever oh, side. Absolutely, he's, not, he's in- increased it. You know, to score twenty league goals. And hopefully he does, because it's a real landmark. To score 20 league goals in a season where Leicester can only finish seventh maximum, really, is a great achievement. But to finish seventh, they need to get winning. Mm. More big international news. One of uh, Leicester's key players, sorry, cult heroes, uh, made his international debut for Tunisia over the weekend at the ripe old age 
of 30. How much would you love to see Vardy against Johan Benelouan in the group stages of the World Cup in the summer? I'd love it. That would be sensational. Because he would run him ragged. It won't be. It won't probably be a Leicester Benelouan either. He'll be, he'll be out. But um, what? Even by then, I, I, I think is his contract run down. Possibly. Yeah, but contracts normally end at the end of June. Yeah, but he'll, he'll, he'll be off anyway. But uh, how, long, see, have, how long have we been trying to offload him though? He'll cult, stay. He'll stay around. He'll become groundsman or something. Cult hero though. I I, I have a slight problem with Bella Luan being the cult hero. All right, cult figure. Yeah, because you know a cult hero is someone who it you know you've got your your underdog, your your player who is only re- highly regarded by fans of a club compared to fans of other clubs in that league, you know, maybe like an Albrighton, say. Um, but for a very average squad player, he gets talked about quite a lot. Not just by us, but by a lot of people. A lot to do with his social media. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's possibly because he's the only one that you could possibly pin that on. Mm. I don't think he's really warranted Have anything. you seen some of the outfits he wears on Instagram? I know, but like, I, I, I just... when it Does your club have a court hero? It's almost like it needs to have one every single time. I don't think it needs to have one every single time. I think they need to be that, that special person. I don't think this person is. He's quite special in, in some ways. Uh, Damari Gray, by the way. Ca- captain. Captain England under-21s. Wore the number 10 shirt. Bagged a goal. What, what does he have to do to become a regular first eleven starter for Leicester between now and the end of the season? Well, it's interesting because he plays very well for England. And I think he plays very well for England because they play a different way to Leicester. And that's nothing against the way that Leicester play, you know, with the likes of Vardy, etc. But I just think that he's he's given more uh, ability to express himself. He's given more, a bit of a free realm. He's trusted more for England. I'm saying he should, I don't think he should be doing, uh, I don't think he should be trusted more. I can't get words out today. He can't be trusted more at Leicester. He hasn't proved himself at Leicester, okay? So we can't give him the responsibility because when we have done, he's not played well. We mentioned on the last podcast, or I especially did, saying I think he's been very disappointing over the last three or four months, okay, since he has actually been given quite a lot of opportunities to play. Um, When he plays for England, it's a bit of a... It's a different environment as well. I can see why he's playing well for England because he's a good player. But for Leicester, at the moment... He needs to pull his socks up because in the positions that he's been playing in, and it's not like he's been limited to stuck out wide on the left. He's played on the left. He's played in the middle. He's played on the right. He's played in many different positions for Leicester. He's been given starting opportunities. He's come off the bench. He's had a run in the team. He really has failed to really spark into life. Now, whether that's just because he just doesn't suit Leicester, he doesn't suit the style of football. I don't know why that's not the case. I'm just trying to make a, a reason why he's not. But, you know, normally it's the other way around. Normally it's a player playing really well for his club and then going to an international level and failing to perform. For some reason, Damari Gray, it's the other way around. There's there's something not quite right. And if he's going to have a career at Leicester, he needs to book his ideas up. I said the other day on the last podcast that if, Looking back now, if Bournemouth offered twenty five million pounds now for him, I would yes. I would say yes, purely because I look at him and I say, "There's a good player there. We know that, we've seen that, and we've seen it for England." But looking at his raw talents, someone like Diabate for me is ahead of him 
in terms of dribbling with the ball, his close control. And well, it's, it's his determination to do that, isn't and it? And his all-round, yeah, his, his attitude as well. And for me, Damari Gray is a good player, but he's at the moment being given every chance and he's failing, and he really is failing. Here's a scenario then. If Riyad Mahrez leaves in the summer... When? I'm still saying if. Oh, yeah, yeah, if then. I mean, but it, it probably will happen. Clubwell has a history of putting his arm around young players and going, take the responsibility. Take no. your opportunity. We, we, we're going to play the way that you want to play. You have your impact on the game. I mean, he did it with a young Eden Hazard at, at Lille. Uh, and, and he's worked with sort of youngest average age squads. Leon, for example, in the Champions League, uh, had a really young squad when, when he took him to the semi-finals. If... Ria Mares leaves in the summer. Does Puel put his arm around Gray and say, look, you're the big man now. You can have that role where you've got a bit more freedom because we can still play all Brighton down the other side to get through the work because it seems a bit of a risk to play two. And also, it might be a little bit of an ego thing. If Gray's seeing Mares strutting about, he might go, well, I'm just going to do my hard work bit. Say, look, you're the creative player. You're the one that we're relying on to make things happen. Go out there and do it. Do you get the right reaction from him, do you think? No, I don't think you do. I, I just don't think he's... I, fundamentally, and it all boils down to it, I don't think he's good enough. I just don't think he's good enough. Of course, he scored in. He scored a goal into the top corner at Old Trafford, smacked it from miles away. Gary Coatsworth scored a great goal at Filbert Street. Um, everyone can smash one in the top corner, flying off outside of the boot. Fine, great goal. I just don't think he has the quality. I, I, I hope he proves me wrong. But I don't think he has the quality to replace Mares. I don't think he has the quality for a side like Leicester to rely on him to be the creative spark. I just don't think he's good enough. And and I look at that when I compare him. Comparing players to Mares is poor because he's such a good player. But when they signed Diabate, I just looked at his raw talent and went, he's got more about him than Gray has in terms of close control, running with the ball, determination. You look at the likes of Hazard you mentioned when he gets the ball. Turns on a sixpence, runs at pace with the ball, people back off. Gray has got that going towards a player, slowing down, stuttering, and then making a, a move inside or away and getting that half. He doesn't glide past players like like Mahrez can do, and, and we've seen Diabate do occasionally, but he doesn't have that star quality. And I hope he does. I hope he I hope he kicks on, but I just think I don't think he's good enough. He's a good young English player who will flourish in a side that's based around him and I know you were saying that but I don't think it'll be Leicester and I don't think it'll be a standard of a club that Leicester are looking to become whether it can be at Bournemouth or not probably because that's what they do or whether it's somewhere else but I just don't think at Leicester it'll work out so looking ahead I presume he doesn't make it into your starting 11 for Brighton away at the weekend well no this is the point he's a good player and he should still be given opportunities but at the moment he's he is disappointing. He mm. is a disappointing footballer. We know he's got the talent, but what what has he done recently? No, not an awful lot. No. And um, as we as we alluded to, Clubwell has a lot of faith in young players. He he realizes the merits of putting them into the squad. He's not the kind of bloke that won't put them in because they're young. He'll 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 happily give them the chance. I'd like to see him play Diabate from the start and say to the side against, like you said. Uh, like uh, who is it, Brighton? 
you've got Diabate one side, or if they're going to play Albrighton, I know, and Albrighton is that sort of player. He's played very well against Chelsea, but we know he's limited. So I've criticised him about his crossing, uh, aimless crossing recently. Oh, there was loads more of that against Chelsea, by the way. I, I can't see why you can't play Mares, Diabate and Albrighton as the three behind Vardy, especially away from home. Who Be- would you put as the central one? Would you pop Mares in there and say, just get on with it, do what you want? Away from home, definitely, yeah. yeah. I'd say to him, look, we're going to play more counter-attacking because I know it's at Brighton, but they're going to have the ball. You've almost got a free roll. Uh, Mares now, you can almost say a free roll. You've got Diabate one side, you've got, um, what's his face, the other side, all Brighton. They're going to interchange. If Gray wants to play, that's fine. I, I can't see it being a problem, especially with having the two sitting midfielders as a borer. And also, um, and Didi. And Didi. Then you're back four. Chilwell's coming for a little bit of criticism recently because fans seeming to think that he offers uh, about 50-50, 50% going forward out of 100 of what he could offer and 50% coming back. He's not really as effective as he needs to be in either half of the pitch, some fans saying, questioning some of his positioning as well. well he's, they're he's, right. Yeah, but he's, he's a good young player who offers you a different option down the left-hand side. He's got boundless energy um, when you compare him to Christian Fuchs, but do you, away from home, especially playing that slightly more adventurous three behind Vardy, do you bring Fuchs back in and say, look, just keep us keep us steady at left-back? If he's match fit, I'd play Fuchs. But the, the problem is, it's the formation we play, the, the full-backs are fundamental absolutely fundamental in the way that we play. A bit like with England. England have got a couple of good fullbacks. Walker on one side, on the left. Anyone from Young's a good player and um, Danny Rose, etc. Rose but, was crap on Friday, by the way. Was it? I didn't see it. Mm. But, like, but the problem is, the, the formation we play, the fullbacks, A, they need to get forward. And when you get forward, I don't mean turn into out-and-out wingers, but they need to bring the ball forward and make a, a decent pass in the final third or in 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 the opposition half, and they are absolutely crucial to this formation. Fuchs but, has better quality on the ball, doesn't he? But he's not got the legs of Chilwell. No, that's but, that's when you've got to weigh up what you want your fullback to offer in, in in each particular game. But the problem is in this formation that we're playing, which is fine, no problem. The two weakest players in the side are the fullbacks in this formation. In a back four, Danny Simpson, who doesn't go over the halfway line is a Premier League winning fullback. Brilliant. Well, yeah, because that's the job that he was asked to yeah. do. Fuchs, exactly the same. Mm. Don't You don't have to go over the halfway line if you don't want to. Fine, you just hold it there. Not a problem. Brilliant. In this formation, they need to get forward. They need to be more adventurous. They need to make uh, crucial passes because they get the ball an awful lot. That's the way this formation works. Unfortunately, they are the two weakest players in the side by quite a distance. I Who's think that? Chilwell and Simpson for you? I think they'll both be replaced. I think... Fuchs will go in the summer. I think Chilwell will stay at the club. They'll buy a new left back. I think they'll buy a new full back, uh, a right back. Have as well. to buy a new right back. If 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 Puel stays at the club, uh, and there's no real reason to suggest that he won't, uh, and he wants to build his own team where in the this, fullbacks in are heavily way. involved in possession football, Danny Simpson can't they, can't both. be that fullback. Neither can Amati really. No, both both will have to go. 
they might remain at the club, but they would have to replace them with two top quality fullbacks. You're probably more likely to keep a Marty than you are Simpson, based on his age and his versatility, aren't you? Let's be perfectly honest. Yeah, I think they'll keep both. I think they'll keep Simpson because you could then play one of the big sides, and if your fullbacks aren't going to get forward, you can still play Simpson. Also, he's going to be happy at the club. He's probably on a decent wage as well, so he would naturally stay there. Um, wind down his, his yeah, years. Wind down his. Contract. He won't get. He won't get a better club than Leicester. No. Um, but they will need to replace them, and that's no, no, no far sight on those on them as players. You know they are good players, but in this style of football we're playing, it just it's not working out. Chilwell might kick on and be a very good player. I think he's got every potential to do so. I mean, look at him; he's still in the England under twenty ones. Yeah, he, I I would like them to sign a new one though. Yeah, I'm not saying pin all our hopes on him. Just like I'm not saying pin all our hopes on Damari Gray if and when Mares goes. I was just. Offering your mm. opinion on it, um, Chilwell's learnt a lot from Fuchs. You can tell. Look how f- he's come on so much in the last eighteen months. You can see that. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and I think he's still got a lot more to give. He's got, he's got a lot. He, he's a good player. Um, I think he's got unfairly criticised um, in terms of the amount of criticism. Yeah. I think being criticised is fine, and he should have been. But I think he's become a bit of a scapegoat. I agree um, for the side. For for fans being frustrated that they've not won certain games or they've really kicked on, I think he's become a little bit of a scapegoat. Mainly because, again, that they play so much through the two fullbacks in this style of football. Mm. And like I said, it's just a real... It's a shame, but also it opens a lot of doors up. I'll be amazed if they don't sign two new fullbacks. And if you're looking right now, it will be a replacement for Mares and then two new fullbacks. And, and whatever happens up front. I think there'll be a big question mark over in the ad show, whether a side comes in for him and Leicester turn around and go, do you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll let him go for roughly the same money. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Slomani. Hmm. I mean, has, has he played? He's been injured? No, he's been injured. But that that's the thing. He got called up to the Algeria squad and the Newcastle fans were fuming. They were like, well, why haven't we seen him if he's been called? I don't know if he's played for Algeria. But yeah. I mean, they're, not, they're, they're not in the World Cup, are they? Algeria? Yeah. Not sure. I don't think they are. So it's not even a get get together type thing before the World Cup. I, there's 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 plenty of question marks over a lot of players at Leicester. Um, the the one thing really that was disappointing, um, not disappointing, but you lose in the cup. It was sad. It was annoying. It was um, it's not heartbreaking, but it was um, it was just a bit disappointing that they lost to Chelsea. But the person who had the face of um, more disappointment than anyone in the ground must have been Wes Morgan because mm. he had that look of is this the end? Is this the end of this side having an opportunity to go and win something again? I don't think it is. I, th- I think with Schmeichel, with Morgan still, with Vardy, with the bases, the nucleus of that side, if anyone else is staying, then they've still got the ability to win things next year. But it had that kind of like, hang on, was this... Is it getting towards the end game for that nucleus? Yeah, I was. That, that was what I was going to end on actually with this podcast. Now that we're a downer. out, <laughs> no, 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 no. Now that we're out of the FA Cup, though, this is a season where not an awful lot's happened. It's probably a season that we needed, in all honesty, mm. um, just to to change the way of thinking, change the way of of playing, and get rid of 
not not most of the essence of of what won us the Premier League, but it was never going to work again, as Chelsea have proved this year. They they revolutionised the wing back formation last year. Uh, had a really sort of never say die attitude, a really almost unbeatable attitude, and that's what won them the Premier League. It's not really worked out for them this season. We needed a season to take stock, get somebody new in with new ideas. Uh, new kinds of players. Players have come on leaps and bounds in terms of Ndidi Chilwell we've talked about. Harry Maguire's a great signing. It's it's positive in that sense, but remainder of the season, is playing for seventh place going to be enough to motivate this group of players to play well between now and the end of the season? It should be, and the one reason is because they're paid professional footballers and they should aim to finish as high as possible. Yeah, also, when, they're when, playing... when does them being paid professional footballers ever really affect the mentality? Also, they are playing in front of 30, well, say 29,000 home fans every week mm. and 29,000 fans who want to go abroad, including me, to watch Leicester play, even if it's in the Europa League. That's absolutely fine. They should aim to play European football. You're Jamie Vardy. Um, Touchwood, fingers crossed, all that sort of thing, that he doesn't leave the club. I don't think he will. But this is an opportunity to play in Europe again. You're 31 years old. Mm. You want to play European football. Uh, it's a way of attracting players to the club. There's so much riding on seventh. People will argue that if we don't qualify for Europe, then we'll have a better chance next season to then of qualify for Europe. Of doing what? And it's, well, no, but I can hear people out there saying right now, if we don't qualify for Europe, it means we won't have the early fixtures. Da, 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 da. We it want puts the early fixtures. Season. Well, the problem is, if you don't qualify for Europe and you have that advantage, what are you going to do next season? You're going to qualify, qualify for, for Europe. Europe. Yeah. yeah. So you might as well do it in the yeah. first place. Do it, enjoy it. That's what we did last time. E- exactly. So that's my question. There's, there's so many question marks. The biggest ones for me are Mares. first of all, question mark. Big question mark. Does he stay? Does he go? Obviously, that leads on to who replaces him. He'll have to be a bang first-team player. No worries. The two full-backs, mm-hmm. big question marks. Okay, And secondly, uh, and thirdly, and if you're just picking three, it would have to be Silva because he's playing for Portugal. Okay? How, how can we fit him in? How can we play with Silva in the side? Because it's not working at the moment. He's obviously not a number 10. I still think the ability to have three midfielders can work. Um, him at the point of a at the top point of a triangle. Yeah. Do, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but 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 also you could have maybe the other way around. You could have one sitting player in Ndidi. That's how England plays. Other, yeah. That's how England played. Henderson, Oxlade Chamberlain, and Lingard. Exactly. Lingard got forward so often and 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 got the goal. Oxlade Chamberlain was drifting here and there. If you had Silver and Ndidi doing that and a borer at the pivot, and and he is a pivot because he can keep the ball moving exceptionally well. Yeah. So so for me, it's it, the big question, question mark would be him. So Mares question mark. Does he go? Does he stay? And if he does go, replacement. Two new fullbacks, or at least address that, and then Silver. How can we get Silver playing? That might not happen until next season. It might not happen until we sign some players that maybe change slightly the way we play, which could bring Silver in. Or, and I think this is a big possibility, that Silver plays in and out like he is doing for the rest of the season. He plays for Portugal. I fancy Portugal, actually, in the Euro- in the World Cup. I think they're, they really are dark horses. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if at the start of next season, Silver is playing for someone else. Sporting. In he is back to Sporting for the same money. He goes somewhere else for the same money. 
And it's just a bit like Cranrich. It's like, sorry, it didn't work out. It, it didn't work out. Yeah. You're a good player, but it hasn't worked out. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that happens. It wouldn't be the first time that it's happened with somebody who was well respected on the European and international international stage as well. It just didn't work out for it. Gok and Inla. Look, look at the yeah. pedigree that he came with, and he it's, just never really got. No, I mean he's he's uh, he reminds me of a bore actually. You know, the two very similar builds, obviously, but it just didn't work for him at Leicester because they just hit the ground running and, and doesn't went make him any worse any worse a player. No, it'll be it, it, the thing is at Leicester, it's still such a funny club mm. with with a funny squad of players, a real um, embedded hard element to that team. With and you class you class Maguire in that now, yeah. You know your Morgan, Schmeichel, Vardy, the way that they play, all Brighton, it's difficult for someone like Silver to come in. And, he must have walked in and gone, what, what, are, what is this? Took Ibora a while. Yeah, he must look around and gone, this is crazy. Someone like Fuchs embraced the madness straight mm. away mm. and and got right involved. But some other people must turn up and go, this is just crazy. This is nuts. I don't think Iniacho still knows what's going on there. <laughs> It's uh, got no idea where he is. No, is he? I, no idea. I think indeed he's jumped in two footed and gone. Brilliant, love this, love it, love yeah. this. This is this is crazy. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'm I'm happy with Pil- uh, Club Well. Not a, not got a problem with him. No. So I know I know his his press conferences and all that sort of thing and his interviews. My God. Yeah. But I'd like to see Leicester be a little bit more ruthless on the pitch so that people stop talking about Club Well's personality. If the Leicester team showed what. People are saying that Clubwell's got underneath all that quiet, uh, heavily French-accented press conferences. If they show that on the pitch, I think people would talk about it less. But the fact that sometimes Leicester have not converted positive situations into wins makes them think, makes the fans think, oh, is it because that bloke sits in that chair quietly and mumbles away uh, to the players as well? Do we feel we'd be more inspired by what's happening on the pitch so that we didn't need inspiring by his words? It's the, it's the old adage that I said at the beginning of the show about Leicester being an old-fashioned set of fans, wanting someone to chase the ball down, even if it means that they're going to knack themselves out after a certain amount of time. Wanting the manager to look like he's gone through 90 minutes like the players, a la Martin O'Neill. Exactly. It's, um, yeah, it's, it is, it's the way it is, isn't it? It's... it's it's a great position for Leicester to be in, you know, going for this seventh place. We're not going down. We've got all this possibility, all them question marks that I mentioned over certain players and, mm-hmm. and, and, and positions that we could sign. It's good. It's good. We've got the money to sign players as well, especially if we ship out a few players. We are spending a lot of wages, though. I know a lot of that came from the increases in terms of bonus percentages because we won the league. Um, yeah, and then new players coming in wanting some kind of parity. Yeah, so we are spending a lot of money on wages. I wouldn't be surprised if one or two go just to try and get that down just as well. It, yeah. um, but interesting yeah. times at Leicester. Uh, we'll finish with this because there's interesting times of the podcast as well. Oh, we've, yes. We've got some... Uh, yeah, you forgot. It's that new. You forgot about it. We've had... Uh, we've got some interesting news that we're not going to share with you right now, but that all will be revealed within the next week or so maybe even as soon as the next couple of days yeah it's uh, it's, a, it's a new possible partnership that will prove to have benefits for you and for us yeah essentially uh, yeah we're possibly linked with uh, a few bits and bobs in the uh, in the football world and we'll basically we'll we'll come clean in the next couple of weeks but uh, yeah uh, an opportunity for fans to get involved um, try and win themselves a few quid, and uh, and also support the podcast in a way. So yeah, there might be a uh, a certain name banded around every now and again 
during the podcast, but it's just to build it up a bit further and uh, kick on. Stretch it further and wider. Exactly. You know, we can't just stagnate. We can't just stagnate in mid-table. Not saying that we are mid-table. Obviously, we are Champions League quality podcast, as you all know. Yeah, we're pushing for podcast Premier League victory. Yeah, what we don't want to win the league losing three games. We want to win the league winning every game. Exactly. We want to be the best of the best of the best. So keep an eye out on social media. For yeah. That. Pe- yeah. Peter, you're in charge of that kind of thing. So uh, where can people look and how can they stay in touch with uh, us? Well, on Twitter, they can go to at FFSPod. So FFSPod standing for For Fox 8 Podcast. Clever. But, thank you. They can go to Facebook, just type in For Fox 8 Podcast and it will come up and you click like and it means that you'll get all the updates from the podcast and from any opportunities you've got to win things or words money, whatever, this, that and the other, uh, linked through different firms or whatever that we will be doing in the future. And you can also email us for fox8podcast at gmail.com. But uh, definitely urge you to sign up, especially on Twitter. It seems to be uh, the social media avenue of choice, uh, especially after recent weeks. 